Bo, it's been like 15 years since we've been on this podcast. Are you ready to be back? I think I remember how to do this, Jason. I think so. Let's do it. Yeah, let's do this. We're going to hey, fumble through it. Absolutely. Welcome back, everybody. Parked in turn one, showing back up after an unexplained hiatus. Uh, it's just going to remain a mystery. We we just don't know why we did it. We had we got busy with real life. I know you guys are surprised, but this is not what we do for living for a living. We are not on Joe Rogan's level. I know, I know, it's it's crazy. We should be, but we're not. And sometimes life gets in the way. But we're back and ready to talk about World Superbike. Bo, how are you this evening, man? Doing pretty good, Jason. How about yourself? I know, uh, I know you've been uh, you've been busy. I've been busy, and we uh, we we love talking about this stuff. Um, so yeah, like you said, I'm ready to get into it and we got quite a bit to catch up on. So we, we really do. Yeah, we really do. So, you know, I, Magni Core is where world Superbike was last. Um, that track to me, it looks like a crash waiting to happen. Honestly, that's the way I felt about it when I was watching that race, but Honestly, this is one of the stops that they make, another stop that they make where you don't see MotoGP. And so it was interesting to kind of get a look at some real racing as it has been for a few previous weeks at places MotoGP doesn't go to see how the bikes behave and that sort of thing. And MagniCore is one of those places that I know of, but I'm not real familiar with. So I really enjoyed the racing, but I mean, overall, what is your impression of MagniCore before we jump into these results? Uh, like you said, I mean, it's just a it's a track that you get you go from extremes, right? You know, you have a a wide open short start finish straight, you know, and into a, a, a not super tight left handed turn one, but you know that if you get it wrong, you know you're going to be in the gravel out of the, on the exit of turn one, and then you have to immediately cut it back. You have a really really long right handed corner. Now I'm in two and three, and then a real long run uh, all the way down into the slowest turn of the track, which is you know you're going from sixth gear all the way down to first gear in that turn five section, and it's just it's crazy, you, you know. And we saw once again just how strong the uh, a turk is on the brakes you know and, yeah but stop rack is something else man yeah but this track all around it's just it's 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 a it's a very unique track i think and and um just lots of places for lots of stuff to go wrong as we saw that week so yeah absolutely so let's just jump into it i, I mean in race one you know you had uh you know top rack was uh the winner of that race, Jonathan Ray finished second, and Andrea Locatelli finished third for another podium for him this season. So let's just start with Top Rack. And I mean, this guy is so good and so unbothered by the pressure that he is in. That is in right. He doesn't seem to feel any of the pressure of this championship. He just goes out and rides the wheels off that Yamaha every single time. And I thought. My goodness, man! I I don't know if Johnny Ray can beat this guy this year. I think he's got Johnny's number. You know, I, I think that um, you know you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago on our last podcast. I think or, or our last time that we talked about Superbike was that you know 
the count the KRT team they're still working on really dialing in this new ZX10. It changed a little bit from the Gen 5. Um, you know, so they're still they're still working out some kinks with that and finding a good setup there. But I, I think that Top Rack and this uh, Patty Yamaha team they've really got that bike nailed and dialed in. And like you said, he's got so much confidence. He's completely unbothered by any kind of pressure. Um, and you know, he's got one hand on this tro- this uh, championship right now. And yeah, it's going to take a lot to take it away from him. I think, and not not to say that Jonathan Ray can't do that, but right now, Top Rack's just riding on a completely different level than anybody else in that grid. Which is what we said about Ray for a long time, right? I mean, the yeah, way yeah. he did it. He just made it look easy, mm-hmm. and he would run away at the beginning of the race, and you couldn't catch him. And it's been a little bit closer than that for most of the races. But I, I don't know how you have to really surprise Top Rack because if you're going to try to outbreak him, I, you've got to be committed. I don't know if how you do that. You uh, know? I mean, that's just, I, you. Yeah, you can be as committed as you want, but if you watch that, the hmm. difference in braking markers for him and Jonathan Ray or him and anybody. It's not close. That guy's braking marker is so much farther down the track and so much closer to the turn. And it just, they say it over and over when the announcers are talking. You know, they're talking about, oh, you you better be brave. You're going to pass him on the brakes. And you're right. It takes full commitment. But it also takes a little bit of crazy because I don't know how you outbreak that guy. And uh, without, you know, just sending you both off track. I don't, right. I don't know. Well, you were saying, I have no idea. You know, going back to what you're saying, you know, a couple of times Jonathan Ray still rolled out of that turn five section and started braking a little bit behind top rack and still ran his bike in deep. You know, so that yeah. just, that just continues to show you just how strong this individual is on the brakes or just how planted that bike really is in a corner and that they've just got it dialed in. And, and yep. I, I can't remember what was happening or what the tire selection was in that race because I think they, they chose the same compound but it was a little bit different of a tire so you know once again i'm not sure if the size was a little bit different um, i'm a little confused about what they're doing tire wise in world superbike right now i do not understand the reasoning that they're doing this the way they're doing it because like you're saying it's the same tire but the compound's different or you know i don't yeah i don't get it like a hard medium soft like we normally used to so i haven't really quite understood the differences i mean they tell me but i still don't know because i'm not that smart i'm like listening to them and it's not making a lot of sense to me i mean it sort of makes sense but i don't understand why why are we doing it this way versus just having a hard medium soft option or maybe even asymmetrical i'm cool with that as well but it's like it's like it's just this weird thing that they're doing with pirelli right now i wonder why yeah i i I can't answer that either i i'm at a loss well, then you're fired because that's what you're here for is to answer the questions that I don't know the answers to. And there, there's only a couple every year. Come on, man. Come on. You're killing sorry. me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Apologize to the people. I'm wrong. They're the ones you're disappointing. <laughs> well, with this lapse in my, in my knowledge and my research, we may become the number two Southeastern United States-based MotoGP Moto America World Superbike podcast. Well, I'm pretty sure I just saw it on our pit board, so, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> so, I, so, but, you know, getting back to the race, I think what we've just talked about, we're hashing, I mean, I, I think we're saying that every week now, you know. Yeah. Top Rack is so good on the brakes. When he gets that bike dialed in for the track, I, I just don't think there's any catching him. I, I, he's, he's, not a, he's also very unafraid. 
He is not shy about passing. He will stuff it up under you. He is just so confident in his bike and his bike control that he's not worried. Um, yeah. And he, go ahead. Uh, no, no, no. I was just going to say, and, and you know, and, and to, to try to rattle him, we see Jonathan Ray threw some really unexpected moves, um, you know, at him to try to, to try to break top rack a little bit. And, you know, Jonathan Ray, I don't want to, you know, looked a little desperate in some situations. I thought at Magna Core, um, just trying anything that he could to, to try to get top rack off of his game. Nothing worked. Uh, and it, so nope. I think nope. Jonathan Ray in that garage right now, they're trying to figure out what do we need to do to beat this guy? Because now he's got a championship points lead. You know, Jonathan Ray was kind of in this position with Alvaro Bautista a couple years ago. But then Alvaro Bautista kind of imploded a little bit inside that garage. And then Jonathan Ray just had that reassurance of the bike underneath of him and just went out and did his job. Well, now Jonathan Ray's right doesn't have quite that bike underneath of him just yet i don't think and now he's got to figure out how to you know go out and find that pace again find that aggression and and find that that pace set that he used to but now the pace has changed a little bit i think from what he's even used to because top rack has just i top think Rack's top Rack's right pushing now, the pace yeah. yeah i think he's pushing the pace i don't think johnny is not slow right, no one right, right else of course. is beating him regularly it's just that top rack is you know kind of on a different planet right now yeah um you know but ray's doing what he has to do you talked about the unconventional moves he's fighting for everything he's worth mm -hmm. i love it um i just don't know that he's got enough in the bag this year you know save some real big mistakes from top rack i don't know that he can beat top rack repeatedly you know head up like one versus one i i just don't think that that's I just don't think it's going to happen. I feel like Top Rack kind of has his number. He's kind of unflappable. And uh, to your point, I, I'm he's my favorite to win it this year. Um, and I don't know if it... I don't know if you're going to knock him off that step once he gets it. I, I don't know if he doesn't maybe go on a run like Ray did, but we'll have to see. We're, we're kind of crowning him before it's done. Let's not write Johnny Ray off yet. I mean, Johnny of Ray course. is or Johnny Ray for a reason. Right. Um, but... You know, I, I did want to talk about Locatelli finishing in third there. I, I, again, a teammate to Raz Gatlioglu, I'm sure that seeing what Raz is doing through the data, the team is, and they're getting the bike set up so that Locatelli likes it. But he has done nothing but impress me this year. And what I think is that next year, he may be able to maintain the pace and be with those guys and then look out. There's going to be some real because that guy's not afraid either, and I'm excited for that prospect to have him him mixing it up with his teammate because now he's relevant in that championship, and uh, that would be a lot of fun. And that may be what we need for you know to see how you know something to make to rattle top rack grabs got Lioglu maybe his teammate because it's not Jonathan Ray not at this point. So I don't know. I don't know if you can rattle him, but, you know, I, I think maybe next year Locatelli is going to have a go at it. No, I agree with that. Locatelli's looking really good for his first year in Superbike. And, and like you said, he can only learn, you know, from his teammate that's that's next to him in the garage, from that data, from watching what's possible yep. on the bike and, and and seeing that that team work around Top Rack. 
Um, so it's just they're they're firing on all cylinders right now. Those two teams, yeah. that that team and that entire garage is so yeah. The future is very definitely bright for for Andrea Locatelli. He's definitely positioned himself in a in a very good spot. Yeah, absolutely. So you know, I mean, Ray got a good sp- start in that race, but he just could not hang on. Uh, Locatelli did a good job coming in third. I, I want to mention two other riders because I, I don't want to get too deep into it. Um, but there are a couple other riders, you know, that, that just didn't do very well. Uh, you know, Scott Redding, I, I don't know. I, I just don't know. Like, what in the world do we have to do to get Scott Redding to show up week after week? I mean, it, it is frustrating as a, as a fan wanting to see him run his best you know best pace every weekend but he was nowhere um you know he got beat by the likes of his teammate rinaldi finishing him fourth so rinaldi had a good start to the race and ran a ran a pretty good race to finish fourth there uh michael vandermark had a great race he finished in fifth alvaro bautista beat him in sixth Chaz davies beat him in seventh and beside now he started way back redding did right i'm not i'm not remembering that incorrectly right mm-hmm. he started close to the back and he just couldn't make it up he just couldn't do it um so he came in 12th i i think he effectively ended his championship chances right there i i think yeah no i i think so too i mean we've talked about it before scott redding is a wave rider and unfortunately he's you know he's at the bottom of that wave right now so i, I just I hope that things turn around for Scott Redding next year in the BMW garage. But, you know, time will tell. I just don't, I don't know. I don't see it. I, I don't, I don't see Scott Redding being a championship contender um, no, on a consistent I basis. I don't th- I don't see him being in that conversation on a week to week basis. Like we see top rack, Raz Gavlioglu, Jonathan Ray. And now we're even starting to talk about Andrea Locatelli very yeah, frequently. No, I don't... So, I just don't see that that out of Scott Redding. No. Well, yeah, I don't either. And so, you know, um, Axel Bassani finish, finishes in eighth right behind Davies. Tom Sykes finishes in ninth. Leon Haslam finishes in tenth. Garrett Gerloff finishes in 11th. Garrett Gerloff has no desire to pass anyone at this point i even the announcers are starting to call him out well yeah and, I, I and mean, it, yeah it, they're, it, you know they're starting to you know say you know obviously garrick relov's got to dial that aggression back up and, and i agree with it you know i think he's got to find his feet again um the speed's there i, I mean it's there we saw it in in donington park yep. we've seen it before at catalonia you know the speed is there for Garrett Gerloff, and and now it's it's a mental game right now, and it's a mental storm that I think that that Garrett Gerloff's working through, and I fully believe that he's going to to work out of it. I really think that it's going to come. I think right now it's just a, um, it, it's just a a period that he's trying to work through. Um, right. Well, me too. I I agree with you. I think. But I, but you know what I, I really think I think Yamaha jumped on him. Oh and yeah, got him to him pretty good. Yeah, and there's a little bit of this is a little immaturity from Garrett that I'm seeing right now, not being able to take that and say okay. You know, right now he's just like a dog with his tail between his legs, and you know, I, I, 
I feel like I've watched enough racing. I can tell when a guy can go faster, and I can tell Garrett can go faster. But to me, Garrett is trying very hard not to make a mistake. And at the same time, I don't know that he's just not like, oh, well, you know, if you're going to talk to me like that, then I'll make sure I don't make any mistakes. I'll do exactly what you say. But, he, you know, he's kind of... I'm watching him on the grid before the races, and there's no smile. There's no nothing. I don't think that it's a, a case of, well, if you don't want me to pass anybody, I'm just not going to pass anybody. I don't think that at all, because that, that to me, implies a level of spite. Um, and not that I know Garrett Gerloff personally, but watching Garrett Gerloff in his post-race interviews, the way that he carries himself, his post-race you know, race recaps um, on social media, that does not strike me as somebody who uh, has a level of spite about him that, that, you know, that, that has a malicious bone in his body. So right now I do think it's kind of a, a wounded, um, you know, he's got that, like you said, you know, he's kind of a beat dog just a little bit, you know, he's got his tail tucked Mm -hmm. between his legs. And I think he's honestly trying to find his feet. He sees situations and he's trying to, uh, right now he's riding in his head, you know, he's, he's inside of his own head trying to, and questioning his decisions. Um, because that that unbridled aggression kind of put him in this bad situation so now he's trying to find the happy medium between so the pendulum's just it it, it has swung the opposite way now in the in a violent direction and now it's got to find its way back to the center so like i said i, I think it's just time i think eric Goloff's absolutely going to come out of this i think that, i think garrett Goloff is going to be a world superbike race winner um, hopefully next year. Uh, I mean, I, I think that if he can work through this for the remainder of this season, get some confidence back about him, I think it's going to happen. Well, good. I hope so, too. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the only thing I would like to say further about race one is that, you know, Alex Lowe's looked great until he crashed. I mean, he had a great start. He he was out there at the front with the fast guys, and he, he I thought he was super aggressive early, which was great, uh, but then he just couldn't hang on and trying to either keep up with those other two front runners or keep Locatelli at bay. You know, he, he pushed it and uh, lost the front and he crashed, but he, he ran a pretty good race otherwise. Um, but that's really all I had for race one. You want to talk about the Super Bowl race real quick? Uh, yeah, yeah, we can move that direction. All right, so so Super Bowl, you know, again, we had Ray and Toprak at the front. It was a really good race. I mean, it was fun to watch. It was unbelievable moves on the last lap. Like, I found myself just loving it, loving it, having a great time. But, uh, you know, I think Top Rack was just too good. But then we had a little drama, and you and I both knew. I knew what was happening as soon as I saw the poster, as I was watching Ray talk to Pereriba, <laughs> and I was like, He's telling him Top Rack went out of track limits somewhere. That's what I said in my mind. I was like, I, I just did. I was like, he's telling him something because Pereriba was like pointing back to the garage and, and Jonathan was nodding, but he wouldn't talk to him without getting real close. So I knew it was something he didn't want anyone else to hear. And uh, so, but John was Johnny was right and he did exceed track limits. Um, how they didn't know that with all the sensors, I don't know. This speaks to me about the incompetence of the FIM again. But, you know, Ray ends up getting that 
win, which is pretty important because otherwise Top Rack runs away with the weekend. Right, right. And he not only beats Ray, but he beats Ray while Ray is throwing haymakers at him. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. he is, I mean, Ray is throwing the kitchen sink and he still comes out. You know, so it was a phenomenal race. Um, I just think that in terms of, you know, we've talked about how good Top Rack is on the great breaks and that he's unflappable, but I really think in terms of a straight-out scrapper on track who loves to mix it up, I don't think Johnny is as good at that as Top Rack. Top Rack seems to relish the pass me, I pass you back. Ooh, that was close. I like it. I'm going to do you. And like, I feel like Top Rack, between the two of them, enjoys that a little more than Johnny Ray. And so, he seems to be better about it. So, yeah, that's a good point. Because, you know, Jonathan Ray, we've seen that that kind of attitude out of Jonathan Ray. You know, he's he's not afraid to stick it up underneath somebody. We saw, I think, with Alvaro Batista when Alvaro Batista was riding with Ducati. Jonathan Ray had made very similar moves in certain situations and kind of rattled Alvaro Batista. And I think that Jonathan Ray likes doing that to an extent. But like you said, Top Rack likes it to a different level you know top racks you know he he kind of i think he thrives off that but these both of these guys you never see emotion on the bike everything is so planted they're so they're so involved in what they're doing at that that moment um you just don't see him react to anything like that i think and i and i do think that top rack is much more on non-reactive than even jonathan ray is um his body look Excuse me. His body language is just completely dialed in on the bike. He just it, it, the guy's had the guy has ice water run through his veins whenever he's riding a bike. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I, I you know I just I marvel at what Top Rack's doing right now. Honestly, he is just it's marvelous. He is so good. He's so good, man. There's no other way to say it, right? Like he right. is just he's so good. Um, but, you know, Lowe's came up, finished with a podium in the Super Bowl race, which is great. Uh, Locatelli uh, was fourth there. You know, um, I, I did notice that the difference between MotoGP and World Superbike, um, at least at the highest level in the factory team, Lowe's was wearing the same leathers that were crashed and scratched up in the race. You don't see that in MotoGP. They do right. not. You know what I mean? Now, they don't have multiple races in a weekend, so maybe that's why. But I have literally seen Rossi crash, go into the trailer, put on new leathers, and come back out before the practice was over. Right. For like, a, he does, yeah, he does, practice he, yeah, he does not go back out there and scraped up leathers. But I just thought that was funny. It was something I noticed. Um, but another good race for Lowe's there. He, he did a really nice job. Yeah, and I think I, I actually uh, noticed that too. And I, that's what I was curious: was that an actual? Was that the leather leathers from a crash, or was that leather, or was that just a big? You're talking about the big black mark that was on his his uh, leathers. Well, right? it was on his it was on his butt, one oh, side okay. of his butt too. Yeah, All so right. it was it was it was 100 percent the crash leathers. And I was like, and unless he's dragging his butt out there, I mean, hey, hey <laughs> whatever you got to do, were, man. Those were just getting broken in, man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, maybe so. But, uh, you know, I, I was like, that's, that's pretty funny. But again, you know, MotoGP is not really the same. You know, they only have one race, et cetera. Um, Milcatelli finishing fourth again. There he is right there at the top. Redding much better in fifth this time. But he, got a, he had a better starting position. Uh, or at least he worked through traffic better. Uh, Vandermark in sixth. Bautista in seventh. Chaz Davies in eighth. 
Leon Haslam in ninth, Michael Rubin Rinaldi in tenth. Um, after that, our man Gerloff in thirteenth. Um, there's a really there was really a point in that race where I wondered if he was even trying. So this week will tell me what I need to know about Garrett Gerloff. So one thing to remember though too is the last time they were at Magni Core, I think it rained quite a bit that weekend. So this is Garrett Gerloff's first yep. weekend in the dry at Magni Core too. So you know, so take that for what it's worth. I, I do know that you know this in the dry it was kind of a new track to Garrett Gerloff. He's still finding his way a little bit. I really thought he looked good last year in the rain here at this track. He took a different line into turn five than a lot of folks did. He looked a lot faster. Um, than, than a few folks did at this point last year. But I think they tried to carry a lot of that information into this weekend um, at MagniCore, and it just didn't translate over into it just because of the weather difference, I believe. So going back again, I, I think it's just something, Garrett, you know, this this was, again, was a new weekend a bit on this track, and Garrett Groff's still working through a lot of the mental demons that have been plaguing him recently. Okay, all right. Well, you know, with that, I, I'm done with the Super Bowl race. I, I think, you know, it was an interesting race at the front. It really was. Like, it was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I love it, watching two guys go at each other really hard, keep it clean, and just put on a great show for the fans. You know what I mean? It, The fans are back, and it's so great. I'm sure yeah. watching that from the stands was just incredible. I'm, I, I'm sure of it. Um, but, you know... Now we're going to race race two, and again, you know, we got your man Top Rack. He finishes first. Ray finishes second, and then Redding shows up and finishes third, which was nice. Um, he was way back, but he yeah, he got it done. He got on the podium. You know, I think the notes I made about this race were, you know, that Lowe's crashed the second time, but I like the pink in his leathers. You know, because I wear pink and green, but I like that. Um, he crashed for a second time. Redding really shows up. Um, and I I loved the move that Ray made into the 180 hairpin. That move was... <laughs> man, I don't know how many people on the planet can make that move, but I bet you, but I bet you it's, it's not very many. Because I know there's two guys right here that ride a Kawasaki that couldn't have made that move. And it was, it was, I, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. and he did it. <laughs> I mean, that was one of those moments where I was like, oh, is he going to do this? Oh, he's doing it. He's doing it. And uh, all credit to him for trying it. Um, but Raz Gatlioglu just, he had his measure and, and, and passed it on there. Um, with Locatelli finishing fourth and Davies in fifth. I, Davies had a sneaky good weekend all weekend. He was the best independent finisher in all three races. Um, I haven't seen that from him this year. And I, I mean, I just tip my hat to the guy. He's, he's doing really well for that go 11 team in my estimation. What do you think? No, I agree. He's been, he's definitely been that kind of a silent assassin all year long. He's unfortunately, he's got a few DNFs, I think. And that's kind of put him on the back foot with the championship. I think that Garrett Gerloff is still the independent champion with points leader. Correct. Yes, um, at if, this moment, yes. Uh, yeah, and and I really hope that, that Gerloff, you know, keeps his wits about him and, and gets back on the horse really quick. But because I do think that Chaz Davies is coming, Chaz Davies is getting stronger as the year goes on, I think. And, and like you said, you know, he's he, he was pretty quiet all weekend, but he had a really successful weekend. Um, and, and 
definitely did, did really well for that go 11 team and and yep i i just really think that he was kind of flying under the radar because the racing was so good between top rack and ray but he he ran really really good races uh all weekend and and kept the bike up and brought home great points for team go 11 and himself in that independent cup um you know once and he Loka, finished better than rinaldi as well so you know once again that's something to look so at so you were happy is that what you're trying to tell me you were I was, happy oh no i'm not saying that at all <laughs> i wouldn't go that far did you do you see the crash almost crash between locatelli and vandermark that was scary man on the front straight there oh yeah that was uh, nuts uh, it, yeah Woo, woo! I want no part of that. No part of that. I, I would have been, I would have been clenched up. I would have been on the ground. Yeah, I'd I, I have been back in the hospital again. So uh, that's I, what would have happened. Yeah, I, I think maybe I would have just pulled it in and be like, "Boys, I need a minute." <laughs> Man, we'll get data later. Man. Yeah, we'll get. Just give me a few minutes because the data you would have gotten if I'd have stayed out there would have been garbage. Um, I, I, you know, I, I, so Gerloff did improve to finish in the top ten for this race, um, but I, like you say, I still see a real lack of aggression, and for whatever reason, some of it might be justified, whatever. But we really need him to pick that up, and we've spoken about that. We don't need to beat that dead horse anymore. Right. Um, but you know, I. I the, my takeaways really, um, the in, like I said, the individual race in between Ray and Raz Gatlioglu was super exciting all weekend. I mean, they they both came off the track shaking their hands, and they were like, "Woof, that was fast." You know, that was close, and and I love it. That that racing makes it so much fun to be a fan of motorcycle racing. That kind of racing, and it it's just amazing to watch. Yeah, I think. I think one thing to look at too, though, is you know Ray's really strong, and Ray is absolutely right there with Toprak at the beginning of these races. But as that race goes on, Toprak just has—he's got the edge from yep. half ra- half race distance, and then all the way to the end of the race. That's really where he starts to make his mark, I think. And and I'm not sure if it's tire wear, and and Jonathan Ray is just riding to his tires right now, um, oh. and and trying to ride smart. So, well, I, you know, maybe I, I can that's tell something. you what it is. I know what it is because Jonathan Ray told us what it was in the in the post race thing. He's like, I can't brake hard enough to stick with top rack on used tires. I can't do it. He his he can't slow the bike down on the used tire. So Kawasaki's got to figure that out, and it's a big deal. Um, but you know that's something for Johnny Ray and and Kawasaki and that that team as good as they are, if it can be figured out, they will figure it out. Right. Uh, and and you, look. He's racing this this hard with top rack, and he can't figure that out. I can't wait till they figure it out. That is going to be a firecracker. There's, yeah, there's going to be that that those first few laps are going to be the entire race. Oh, I cannot wait. I mean, I literally can't wait. Like I'm having when you brought that up, I, I immediately lit up. I was like, oh, oh, I know what I want to say. I know what I want to <laughs> say. You know. So I, I think you know for me. Um, Overall, right now, Top Rack seemed to have raised number. We're, we're getting Locatelli riding really well. Uh, he's in fourth in championship. And, you know, I think it's between those two guys, Ray and Razgatlioglu. That, that's definitely not over. He's only seven points up. That's, 
that's easily overcome in a weekend, especially with three races, right? Yeah. So, so for Johnny Ray, he knows what he's got to do, and and I would be very surprised if he doesn't keep this thing close all the way to the end, even if he doesn't win it. I would be really surprised. No, absolutely. I, I completely agree. It's definitely an yeah. exciting championship. Uh, yeah, it is It is must-see TV. It really is. Like, I cannot wait. When I know they're racing, I can't wait, man. I'm so excited to turn it on. And I'm like, wh- I've watched so much more of the run-up than I do on any of the other racing that I watch. I just, I can't get enough of it. I want to see... I want to see if Johnny's trying to stare top rack down or, you know, like I just, I just, I just always love it. So it's been great, but let's move over to the super sport. 